on this episode of the AIE podcast. Comic-Con is coming. Help create the ashes of creation. Any plans for the summer of love? Come for the fun nights. And we are our own guests tonight. All that and more coming up now. Bringing you the latest news from the AIE gaming community from planet Earth and beyond. This is the AIE Podcast. Welcome to episode 275 of the podcast celebrating you, the Aaliyah Octa Est gaming community. The pie, has, the pie has been podcast. Wow, words are hard. The die has been podcast. Yes, it has. Aww. And to my left is Tetsemi. I have spreadsheets of inventory. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and to my right is MewCow. Greetings, gamers. This week, we're joined by, well, none other than ourselves, and we're here to talk about AIE and AIE and us in and about AIE and all the other goodness. AIE so we'll be chatting to our, yes, we'll be chatting to ourselves shortly, but first, this week's news. AIE News. All right. In community news. Phoenix Comic Con is coming up next weekend. Panic now. <laughs> and several AIE folks will be in attendance as vendors and attendees. If you want to see McCullough and Nevermore, stop by booth 501-503 and browse their wares. If you want to see Alakaz and Leontine, also known as Ozrin, stop by the 501st Legion Outpost. You may be able to catch a glimpse of them or take a shot at them in Shoot a Trooper game. And Bovi will be at booth 396-398, the Hero Initiative booth. Stop by and say hi. Keep an eye out on meetup.com to see if any of the Phoenix Guildies are meeting up at Comic-Con or a food gathering nearby. Uh, just a real quick note on that. Um, actually, we will be c- carrying um, Leontine's chainmail wear at booth 501. And Thank you for not pointing out the fact that the Rebel Sympathizer since 1977 has the 501st booth. Well, you know, you know how you know a Rebel Sympathizer, right? Oh, they'll tell you. Oh, they'll oh, tell they'll, you. Exactly. I didn't have <laughs> yeah. to. Oh, yeah. They'll tell you. Thanks, hon. All righty. In uh, Imperium Ludi news, uh, with the recent announcement by Bungie and Blizzard that Destiny 2 will be Utilizing the Blizzard launcher and the friends chat voice capabilities it provides, uh, Duras has started a new poll asking folks that are buying Destiny 2 which platform they'll be playing on. Consider this a check of the community for possible AI-organized activities. Link in the show notes to the forum. All right. I can't read. Keep going. (laughs) Uh, Galadion brings us a new update for Ashes of Creation. Uh, They've launched a Kickstarter, and it's fully funded. You still have 11 days Ooh. from this recording uh, if you want to contribute and have a chance to get into the alpha. Uh, there is a new video up for the Kickstarter, and personally, um, most well, Duris is waiting on the third and fourth nodes videos. Uh, another link in the show notes there. 
All right. And in nomad news, Courtley is hosting a Rust server and a very tight community has been actively playing on it. The server is keeping up to date with patches and other features as they become available. Out Rust with the AIE folks. Drop by the uh, Survival Exploration channel on the on Discord for more information. And in WoW news, are you still working on getting Legion flying in Legion? There's some great tips and tricks for ta- tracking what you need to do and how to get a little edge on the harder factions to get revered. Um, so you can get revered. It can be found in the forums. Links in the notes. And the Summer of Love, which is slated for a traditional first of first week of August, the planning is in full swing. If you'd like to run an event, contact Irene on the forums and Discord or one of her many alts and games. You can track her out on Twitter. Contact the officers. She's easy to find, I promise. Or contact me and I'll just text her directly if you really need. Uh, there'll be a coop run, a running of the X with the CTR guild like last time. The Remembrance Day, of course. Uh, meeting up with the Shrine of the Fallen uh, Soldier? I thought it was Warrior for some reason. And, and the traditional march to Ogremar. With Ralph's sad passing this year, it was especially meaningful for our guild. Keep an eye on Discord, the forums, in other games as well. Um, of course, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Greenwall. It, it'll be everywhere. It's the summer of love. And in Star Wars news, Roko underscore IMO on the forums has rejoined the Wars Among the Stars. And the forum posting contains a lot of good information for folks recently returning to game, as well as guild activities and things to focus on while leveling up. Fun Night will be on the pub side this week and then the Imperial side for the next two weeks, continuing the rotation and getting both factions some love. The summer roadmap should be published soon from Bioware. We saw a few hints of what was to come earlier from Keith, the new producer, but full roadmap with hopefully a lot more information should be out. The next boss of the new operation, Gods from the Machine, is entered testing on the PTR. For the Star Wars Ops wrap-up, on the Imperial side, the Lords of Light is finishing a couple-week break with people finishing up school, traveling for work, and getting ready for summer. Sup, Sith with unlimited power, ran Eternity Vault and got four or five bosses in Kraga's Palace with help from friends. It was a great night for all involved. And on the Republic side, the Soldiers of Light ran Dread Fortress and had a great night as a team. Looking forward to tomorrow night. All the teams are fully staffed, but keep an eye out on Discord on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, because real life happens and fill-ins get needed a lot. All right. And in podcast news, the Escape Podcast 193, I owe Kath Daily. I see what you did there, Max. Uh, this week, SEMA, Max the Gray, and Astromac EPC 193. Do a walkthrough of I owe Kath Dailies and talk about tips and tricks. And in episode... 194 stronghold secrets they talk all about strongholds your favorite decorations and tips for using your prosperity as a weapon interesting mm-hmm. all righty in final fantasy 14 news um this comes from duris and the rest of the final fantasy officer team uh the data center moves for the na servers completed without any significant incidents and servers were actually back online ahead of schedule 
Uh, one thing that does, however, impact AIE server on Aether uh, data center, Gilgamesh, is that it's now locked to both character creation and paid transfers, which was kind of like the backdoor uh, uh, until recently. Mm -hmm. uh, neither is currently possible as they're working to establish the population on high pop servers throughout the launch of Stormblood uh, next month. Basically, they don't want people still trying to sneak into that high pop server. They're hoping that it'll discourage people to go to some of the other servers. That way, when we start playing, we're not stuck with, you know, two hours of wait time trying to get in because the, the high pop servers are really high pop. Um, so you'll definitely notice. Um, however, the officers are keenly aware of the impact this has on recruitment and the desire of existing members to play with friends due to the game. Uh, we're following things closely, and while some are concerned and looking at the possibility of server moves, at this time, uh, no options or incentives are in place for us to undertake such a thing, but we are eagerly awaiting uh, Square Enix's decisions on how um, they want to attempt to balance populations. Uh, we are hurrying up and waiting in the meantime, so let the fun continue. Uh, the and if people want to get, a, I'm sorry, if people want to get a status, uh, you know, as they're thinking about getting into um, Final Fantasy, should they pop into the Discord channel? Or is it going to be the best way to find out what's going on with that? Oh yeah, the the Discord channel for Final Fantasy 14 is very chatty, um, pretty much constantly. So are. yeah, so cool. if you guys need any information, jump in there. Um, we're, we're happy to discuss what we've been thinking and planning. Um, and just if you want help or you know get, getting somewhere, just let us know. Uh, there's also a reminder that uh, Final Fantasy Fun Nights um, start at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Fridays. Um, there's been some increased participation, and uh, as a result, they're working on some of the Alexander 8-man raids. Uh, last Friday, um, they completed the second stage of those raids, and they'll be focusing on the creator wing, the last four levels Alexander moving forward. So more, more on that in the future. Awesome. Wonderful. Thanks for the update. And speaking of updates, I have Captain Sybil's Star Trek Online's news summary for the week ending in 5-21-2017. The last featured episode, Smoke and Mirror, is released on May 25th. Or April 25th. Um, there'll be fourth week rewards for replay until May Tuesday. Kip Lee Brown, the voice, the actress who voiced Lakari Captain... Komakari, I believe, in many featured episodes, was interviewed by the STO community manager, Ambassador Kale. It's been posted to the STO blog. It's a, and she is a fascinating and talented voice actress indeed. The 20% off Starship sale in the sea store is happening from tomorrow, May 22nd. Now is the time for captains to get that ship of their dreams at a wonderful price. Um, and a bonus, and it's the bonus weekend from Thursday, May 18th to tomorrow, May 22nd. Playing any game content that provides fleet or reputation marks as a reward will give you an additional 50% boost. Ooh, that is generous. And the stats, the recently released T6 Light Cruiser, upgraded and re-released T1 Miranda class Light Cruiser, have been posted to the STO blogs. And while you're online looking at all that wonderful stuff, don't forget that our Starfleet base is always seeking contributions of material and personnel. And check out the news, backstories, uh, patch notes, forums, commentary, and all the wonderful goodies at Star Trek Online website, which is, of course, StarTrekOnline.com. And as always, Sybil, thank you so much for your wonderful updates.
unless we have any more news, let's go back to talking to ourselves. Hey, Tet. Hello. So I've been seeing your cute butt at that computer a lot. What you been doing? Yeah, a little of this, a little of that. You know how it is. All right. Yeah. Um, no, I have been working on storylines in WoW. Um, I think last episode I mentioned I had gotten my Paladin to 110 um, and was starting on my Druid. I went through and just double-checked all my characters. So I have my Mage, Death Knight, Warrior, and Paladin now completely through their class hall and artifact aside from the um, stuff, which I'm still doing slowly. I mean... I'm sorry, even on Tet, I'm at like 28 of 40 for the uh, the soul shards from Illidan because you have to run 40 dungeons. It's like, I just don't want to run dungeons this expansion. So, right. um, so I'm working on that. Um, I did get my Druid to 110, uh, basically went through Valshara, then Azuna, then High Mountain, and now is working on Stormheim. And doing the the class story quest on that. But again, for the Druid, for some reason, you have to hit the four dungeons first. So what I've been doing is waiting until I finish an area, then go run the dungeon. That knocks it off the list, finish the area. So as soon as I'm done with Stormheim, I'll go do Halls of Valor and finish that up. And then that should get me through um, that storyline. And then I've also got all the characters except my... uh, paladin caught up on broken shore so that when the class mount content gets released they'll be current on that so i should have at least my warrior mage and dk class mounts ready to go um the paladin right now is stuck on you have to do 12 world quests on the broken shore and there are only so many a day that that are there so i'm working him through that and then my druid, I just got through the opening scenario of Broken Shore, so I've got to get caught up on her. Um, and then I'm probably going to tackle my rogue after I get my druid finished on the uh, the Order Hall stuff and the artifact stuff. So because I've heard that's a really good storyline, and I mean, come on, rogue, right? You have to, yeah, so, of course. Yeah. And then, not to leave Star Wars out of the uh, the equation, I have been working on my Iocath daily slowly on both the dark and light side characters. I've almost got the uh, reputation capped on the light side, and I'm still working on the dark side. Um, and I've got a couple characters in the middle of going through the Knights of the Fallen Empire storyline. Um, and a backlog stuck on Ilium because I go th- Ilium because I go through the whole story. I'm like, there's story content. I want to see it on all my characters, even if it's the same. I enjoy the story content. So while there's there's mechanical things to do in WoW, there's story for some of the characters I haven't seen in Star Wars. Um, you know, like I said, we're about three. I think we have three weeks left on the achievement to open up Tomb of Sargeras, and then. I think they said like mid June is when they're going to open it up. So figure two weeks in May, one week June, and then probably a week off and then launch tomb. So we'll see. It's, it's soon. So awesome. All right. But Mew, what have you been up to? Well, my uh, time sinks besides the, uh, the two year old running and causing havoc around here. Um, 
has actually been uh, getting reabsorbed back in Fallout 4. Um, uh, basically, I decided to create an alt. I know it's weird of me, uh, but uh, I wanted to run through. Happens. Yeah, it never happens. It's so so strange. Um, but I wanted to experience um, some of the other ways of doing the quest line. Um, for those not familiar, Fallout 4 kind of has like these three major factions. You can kind of consider it four. And, um, you know, you you can play the game many ways. You can dabble in all of them, or you can kind of hardline in one faction. And, you know, depending on your choices, it's a totally different game. What, what you know, the outcome is, is very different. Um, and so I wanted to see what it would be like going through as Brotherhood of Steel. And uh, so, yeah, it definitely was a different way of doing the game. Um, <clears throat> you spend a lot more of your time in, in uh, power armor than you do in the other factions. So it was... Uh, Definitely a, a more of a high-powered game and different choices, but uh, yeah, that that reabsorbed me. Um, my first run, actually, I decided to start with Railroad and uh, <clears throat> kind of finished with the Institute. Um, so that was a, again a very different playthrough. But uh, yeah, that that game. I mean, you know, even if you aren't f- focusing on the the main story quests, you are really sucked into just the whole world it's it's very alive there's so much to do there's you know there's dozens and dozens and dozens of places settlements that you could just build and go crazy with and you know even if you have like your one main place like you can go crazy with that place and make these giant fortresses full of interesting displays and you know they even have uh uh uh, logic gates so that you can create all kinds of crazy, you know, displays and, and, and you can create games. Um, it's, it's very, it's, it feels like an adult Minecraft. Um, it, it's so involved. Um, uh, so, and I, I just checked and I've apparently spent 298 hours in fallout four. So, you know, wow. Yeah. Apparently yeah. I spent a lot of time in there. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Beyond, you know, not counting the MMOs. MMOs kind of are like an unfair one, but the uh, I think the second longest um, non MMO game I played is uh, probably Mass Effect Andromeda, which is currently at ninety eight hours. Um, so that's you know I, I definitely get into those those big games. Um, but uh, but speaking of MMOs, um, as far as what I've been doing in WoW. Um, on my heroic team, um, we actually managed to take out uh, Elisand and um, Gul'dan on heroic, and I actually managed to tank them. So that was kind of a, a different way of doing things. I, I'm, I'm usually a, a you know maining DPS, but uh, you know, we recently had a, a bit of a rotation of, of duties um, in that team. So we, I ended up uh, taking that, and those are definitely very different fights on heroic. I, I know. Um, uh, Furt uh, just recently um, downed uh, Gul'dan and Elisan on regular, and uh, that, that was a pretty big achievement for us. I was just a, a DPS at that point, but uh, playing them on heroic um, definitely adds a whole new layer of, of complexity. Not just because there's more hit points and more damage coming out, but um, like more for, mechanics. Oh yeah, um, if, if everyone um, loves the the crazy rings that Elisan sends after you. Um, well, in heroic, um, you get more of them. So, in regular, you only get the rings in the first round. In right. heroic, you get them all rounds. So, oh, so you're having to do the new mechanics plus the ring mechanics. And on top of that, right. um, she double does the rings um, as she gets deeper into it. Right. So 
the first ring is one ring, but the second ring is double ring, third ring, double ring. So you're having to deal with all kinds of rings running around. On top of that, if you don't kill her fast enough in the first round, um, she does more rings in the the subsequent um, uh, phases. Oh, so it's like a, a DPS penalty, in other words? Pretty much, yeah. So you want to burn through the first phase as fast as possible to keep the rings to to you know the bare minimum okay. and still deal with what's going on. So yeah, that's uh, that was a lot of fun. I, I want to say she was harder than Gul'dan trying to, to juggle all that. So Right. Yeah, it, it's interesting because... It, for some reason, Gul'dan, other than the DPS check, does seem like even on normal a simpler fight than Elisand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the there it's. I mean, I don't know the 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 phases are very different. Elisand, I mean, even though yes, it's sort of a different phase, it's not a different enough of a phase. I think. Yeah, and it's you know, so it's it's yeah, it's pretty challenging. And then what Gul'dan throws into it, he he mostly throws in a new ad. So if if you remember, there's three ads in the beginning. Well. Right. He brings one back over and over. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Is it so. the Inquisitor with the eyes or is it just the axe guy? No, it's actually the, um, uh, what, what are they the called? Jailer. No, the, it's actually, no, this might be a fourth one. Come to think of it. It's, it's, it's one of the guys with the giant wings. Yeah, that's new, I think. Yeah, so it might be a new guy. But yeah, he comes through and wreaks havoc. And so it's kind of an extra tank swap on top of what you're already dealing with. So. That was fun. Yeah, I can oh, gosh. imagine. Yeah, no, 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 no work there. No, 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 no. Tank swaps could be challenging enough depending on the uh, situation, but yeah, no, just little things. Yeah, just little things. Um, but beyond that, I mean, you know, it, it was it was still engaging and fun. I mean, that's that's uh, one thing that's kind of been surprising. It wasn't a slog. It wasn't you know you know uh, mind numbing to to progress on on these last two bosses. So they did pretty good there and. You know, we were happy to get our ahead of the curve achievement, uh, but uh, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. <clears throat> which I still That's think awesome. is is it's bogus that normal doesn't get that because normal doesn't it's still ahead of the curve. You know, it's right exactly. Yeah, I never understood. Yeah, I mean, it's not LFR. We're actually organized. We're having mm-hmm. to do mechanics just like everything else. Yeah, there's simpler mechanics or less mechanics, but we're doing them. I mean, you know, okay, we don't get the mount, but at least give us the achievement. Yeah. You know, ahead of the curve normal. I don't know. Yeah, or or start calling heroic right. normal and start calling normal what it originally was was flex or or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. Yeah, that makes much more sense. Yeah, but uh, beyond that, um, I, I as as uh, Tets has been doing, I of course have been leveling an alt uh, again. I know, very very surprising. Mm-hmm. That's what you do? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Shocking. Um, so I've been, um, I've actually been uh, leveling a paladin using uh, Legion Invasions for research. Um, uh, oh, cool! Okay. For for, for another uh, another segment, uh, but uh, I have successfully done three or four levels of experience just doing those uh, those Legion exp- uh, invasions. Um, so it's definitely very doable. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, you're almost required to have flying, honestly, um, because getting there, you know, just just to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, and and you know, it, part of it too is you you don't have even have the whistle yet um, at, when you're leveling, so you have to hoof it to every flight point if you do want to use the flight points to get around. And yeah, I mean, once I had flying, I was to- able to do this a whole lot easier. So, but uh, but yeah, I, I'll have more for that in the, in a segment, and then yeah, yeah. I, I can see the only drawback to that again with leveling an alt is if you don't do 
the bonus areas and stuff when you get the world quest open at 110 you're going to have a much i noticed this you have a much smaller selection because on one one of my characters i just did the main storyline through each of the zones and hit 110 without doing any of the bonus areas or Mm -hmm. any of the extra side quests or anything like that and my world quest option is much smaller on that character whereas on tet mine actually scrolls when i log in tet and oh yeah it just the thing goes forever because I've I've hit everything, so it's it's definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah, but the, you know the you can go back at one ten and do all those bonus oh, areas. Yeah. So, you know, if if yeah. you're in a hurry to get to one ten, then it definitely is better to do just the main quest and only the main quest. Don't do anything else that distracts you. Just focus mm-hmm. only on the main right. screen, and then you know if a, if a, if a legion invasion happens, jump on it because you'll get tons of experience for that and you'll be that much more powerful and get gear and fun stuff like that. But yeah, but definitely, definitely fun stuff. And it, it mixes it up. You know, you've already leveled. Right. I mean, if you've already leveled through this experience expansion a couple times, at least by this point. So yeah, it's nice to mix. It up. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, if, you know, and I've been doing this with other alts as well, but you know, uh, the mm-hmm. paladin warlock, et cetera, you know, cause I, I like Ted's, I want to experience all the story stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, the, We'll get there eventually. I've you know been focusing more on raiding. That's why a lot of a lot of my attention is going there. But n- now that things have right, and oh, then, finished, <clears throat> yeah, and then also you're know, playing different games. You have a lot mm-hmm. going on game wise and in real life wise. So yeah, definitely. View what's your um what's your main weapon at your DPS weapon <clears throat> uh, uh, as far as artifact knowledge? Oh, geez, like, I want to say forty something. 42, 43. Okay, so you haven't hit the, the 51 yet? Oh, the 50? The, yeah, the, oh, the bonus yeah. one. No, I haven't hit that one yet. No, I, I don't think has has okay. anyone. Oh, oh, you're you're talking about artifact power-wise. Yes, yes not yes. not knowledge in the order hall, but... I'm pretty weapon. close. I want to say I'm probably two or three ta- uh, traits on both of my mains um, from, right. from getting maxed out, so... Yeah. I'm on the the fifty first one. I'm working on that one, and it's four hundred million artifact knowledge mm-hmm. or artifact power, and I'm about a hundred and fifty into it. It's like, okay, yeah, I think my artifact knowledge is thirty. <laughs> I want to say thirty eight or thirty nine right now. So I'm getting there, but it, it just takes a while. <laughs> yep. But. Uh... Yeah, that's what I've been doing with WoW. Um, I have, uh, however, been doing uh, it's sort of a, a a tangent from from the usual gaming. I've actually recently started playing a little bit with uh, virtual reality. Um, oh, wow, <clears throat> really? Yeah, and for reasons I'll discuss more in the Final Fantasy XIV stuff, um, I had to, to redo my system a bit and happened across a really good limited-time deal to, to get the Oculus with a video card um, so that it could actually be supported correctly. Um, so I actually managed to get a, a, an Oculus Rift together and kind of get that set up. Not, not as optimal as I should have. Um, I, I basically just did it in this little section here, and it, it worked right. just not very well. Um, because uh, I, after I was done setting everything up, it's like, okay, now bend down and do this and go down over here. It's like, oh, but there's there's, there's a desk here. Um, I can't reach down right. there. How, how do, no, oh, I guess I didn't do it correctly. They don't really warn you for it, but 
but yeah, it was still what I was able to do was pretty cool. I mean, it's it's there's that little it's kind of like when you put on the 3D glasses when you go to a movie. There's that you know very first initial kind of weirdness, but then it goes away, and you're now in it. It, it, it works well. I mean, that's you know I was very surprised with how well it worked. Um, they gave you a little kind of uh, a very Rick and Morty esque um, uh, scientific RV to sit in and kind of play with for a little bit, and that's how you get get acclimated to the virtual environment. Uh, play with a little floating robot, and it's kind of cool. But uh, I can see yeah. that there's a lot of um, potential um, coming with VR. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of games, even existing games, start using it because I can see a lot of interesting stuff happening with them. Um, but uh, more on that in the future. But uh, I'm, it's definitely lots of room for potential. Yeah. I know um, I was listening to uh, one of Scott's podcasts, and he had Steven Schleicher on. And they were actually talking about shooting one of his board game podcasts um, and making it VR ready so that you could, while watching the podcast, put the glasses on. And if you wanted to move about the table mm-hmm. and look at the look at the board and stuff like that, and then when something important happened, like the card or whatever you were needed to pay attention to for the game, would pop up on your screen in your field of vision so you could see it while you were looking around i'm like oh yeah that's you know being able to watch instead of doing the standard three camera shoot on a board game podcast being able mm-hmm. to get in there and and you know wander through the podcast sounds really interesting oh yeah yeah no it's that's um i've actually talked with um some um uh, virtual card game uh, people when i when i was actually working in hex we discussed this as well that we actually wanted to have the ability for vr games to play like that so that you're actually putting down a card like you like you know right and it and instead of it just sitting on the table lifelessly it could actually yeah. pop up a little bit and the little the guy that it represents actually stands up and is ready to do whatever or if you're putting down a fireball card <laughs> yeah. you're casting the fireball at whatever you're shooting it at and neat things like right yeah so it's very cool lots of potential there i mean it's it, it, it they, they need to do it right but i can see lots of gaming potential even for um our analog um games it's going to really yeah. bring them into the virtual. I just want to get, remember the original battle chess. I just want to get battle mm-hmm. chess in VR. That oh yeah. Awesome. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, almost any board game, anything that, that like you would physically yeah. just put somewhere, like would just come to life in a VR. And not only that, uh, I could be playing with you guys that are in Phoenix and I'm here in Texas. Exactly. Right. And yeah. it would be like we're in the same room because I mean, it's, it's immersive. It, it's, it's, you know, uh, your, your ears, your eyes. I mean, you know, that's about it, but you know um, it's, you are there, you create an avatar. In, in fact, I, um, I'll be playing with the, the, the steam. Apparently you can do steam stuff with the Oculus too, even though it's not, you know, Oh wow. Okay. Steam one, but um, they actually have the ability to like, you can create your avatar in front of you. Like you can actually put stuff on it and, and, you know, kind of oh, mold cool. it. Yeah, and uh, and speaking of which, I actually watched um, Scott and Carter. Um, they did a um, a kind of a shared VR thing. They were doing three um, D painting, and so one would start a three D drawing and then head the headset over to the next one. They would then add onto that drawing and then hand it back, and then they just kept progressively making this three D thing. And it wasn't just oh, that's awesome. Like it was truly three D. Like like it started out as like you know. Uh, 2d stuff and then they started doing 3d stuff with the 2d and like you actually had to move around you saw as they looked around you can see that the, the scene kind of changed because it, it's it was in 3d so it's kind of cool mm-hmm. so oh, little things great. like that are just so so amazing and 
that's why I'm hoping that, you know, this isn't going to be a virtual boy um, generation. Right. No, I, I think we're getting close to a Ready Player One. We're, yeah. we're finally, yeah, we're finally getting to the future that we were promised back in the 50s. Yep. You know, with all the great, I mean, there's no flying cars yet, but you know, we have holographic games. So that's that's a start. I don't want a flying car. I I don't want people falling out of the sky and they're flying. Yeah, no, exactly. I I like Elon Musk's version of the future where it's all tunnels. You just use the space underground and Mm -hmm. keep the above ground clean um, because I don't want stuff. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm already nervous enough when I hear, hear, you know, a single prop or two prop over my house going, oh, what's that noise? So, you know. Right, right. And the self-driving cars, too. It's, it's like, yeah. oh, let's make sure that technology is right before it's used mm-hmm. widespread. Yep. But uh, as I was talking about uh, the whole reason why I got the Oculus, I got um, right, yes. uh, I got a, a new video card to prepare for the new Final Fantasy expansion coming, Stormblood, um, because mm-hmm. it's it's definitely going to be beefier. Um it's a bit more demanding than WoW. They do a lot more. Um, they're a lot prettier. Their environments are a lot more involved. Um, their characters are so much more detailed. Um, you know, the just watching them talk is pretty amazing. Like, like imagine getting the WoW like cinematic, not just the in-game cinematic, but the full cinematic. That that's the level of talking that Final Fantasy XIV wow. already has. And so it's kind of they're definitely upping their game with the expansion. So I had to had to be ready for that. Um, of course. But, so, so prepping for that, um, you know, I'll be um, probably play, poking now that I'm not absorbed by Final uh, by um, Fallout so much anymore. Um, since I finally finished with the second run through, um, I'll have a bit more time to jump back into Final Fantasy 14 and and uh, make sure that my character is a, is a good spot to jump into the new content. Um, but uh, the uh, the big thing um, that is uh, on our minds is trying to figure out what we're going to do with. Um, the whole transfer and you know, the whole fact that our server's locked now um, that definitely right. puts a damper on getting new AIE people in there. Um, there was a backdoor um, where if you didn't mind paying the transfer fee, you can create a character wherever and then transfer it with money over to Gilgamesh. And you know, that's how we were able to backdoor people in. Otherwise you had to wait for like 4am for the alert saying, Oh, they didn't lock down the server. Quick, get in. Huh? Yeah. So you set so your, you know, your, um, discord to uh alert you with anything well they, they actually had a website that, that was keeping an eye oh, on it okay. and it would send you an alert saying up oh, it's up it's up and you know it wasn't always as fast <laughs> as it should be but uh right but yeah that, that's what that was those are the only two ways to get around it and then they finally said no we're gonna lock it down there's no more back doors you know you just need to stop putting new people in here because this server is too packed and you know their, their reasoning was you know well think of it this way when you all start playing the new expansion there's going to be a line there's going to be a lot of people waiting to log in um, because everyone that's currently has a character in that world is going to start logging in again. So it's going to be a long wait. And they're like, okay, well, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to lock this server and maybe this will cause people to, you know, first create new characters elsewhere, but it might, you know, cause the people ex- that currently there to think about maybe moving around. Um, so mm-hmm. um, the, the officership has been kind of uh, discussing that a bit. Um, and we would love to get somewhere where it would be easier to get more AIE people in there. Um, but you know, we have a lot invested in that server. We have this giant mansion. Uh, It's very well decorated. Um, you know, we, we have a, uh, there's a great economy there. It's very lively. Like anything you can need is probably on the auction house. 
Um, it's well, just, once you find a great neighborhood, you don't want to have to move your house from it. You just want it. You want to be able to expand it to uh, yeah. be able to handle more. And, and quite literally too, because like even if we did have the money to create a new mansion, there's no guarantee we'll get the same spot because mm-hmm. it'll you know even if they have different entrances, well, there will be pretty much everyone scrambling. If you decide to actually move your guild, well, there's a lot of other people that decide to move their guild. So now you're fighting with all them. They're looking for new spots in these, these servers. So, you know, it, you may not even get the same region. You might have to go to a totally different city area to get it. So it's, it's mm-hmm. going to totally change it. It's the aesthetic changes and everything. And it's just, you know, we're, we're pretty cozy where we are. We have this nice little spot. Like we have a really nice spot for that large mansion. And, you know, it's not that easy. Not to mention, you know, everyone that has their, you get to buy your own personal room if you want a personal room. And, you know, that's, oh, so that's on top of the mansion. Yeah. So, you know, basically we would be ha- having to give all that up to start in this new thing. And I've actually talked with the admins behind the scenes and they are working on the ability to move your, your mansion to a new server. And even try to keep like the personal stuff in there, but it's it's not a priority. Their their priority right now is holy crap, we have an expansion coming out. We need to make sure this right. thing works. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the least of their concerns. But they, you know they've assured everyone it's like no when when we're done with this expansion and don't have any immediate new content that we have to work on, we're going to work on this. We know it's a big deal, you know. And not only that, it would help them out because we're all congregated on these single servers, and it's just packed and overwhelming that server. So they want to spread this out if we if they can, uh, but they know we're not going anywhere unless you will let us take our stuff with us. Right. They they almost need to just clone the server, and then say, okay, you need to say server A, server B, mm-hmm. and then you know everyone that's in that guild goes to server B. Okay, boom. So your stuff stays, and then the server the the guilds that don't come over, their stuff just disappears and opens up, and then you go from there. But Pretty much, yeah, yeah. That's 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 what they're gonna, going to work on once once the dust settles for Stormblood. So, yeah. so the, that's pretty much what uh, the uh, I think we've decided up until now that we're just going to wait. It's going to hurry up and wait, and you know, hope that they get those tools in place, make it a bit easier. Because that their first initial salvo is, well, we'll just refund all your money, and then you can go somewhere with it. It's like, eh, yeah, it doesn't no. Happen. <laughs> no, no. We yeah. want to make sure we keep our, everything together the way it should be kept together. Yeah. And, and exactly. for for some um, for some guilds, that's going to be a viable option. They're not that attached to it, and in fact, they might even be better off. They might have more money now, and and because they were invested in a medium sized house, they decided not to go to a big one. So, but now that they can get the refund, it's like, well, maybe we can go somewhere and get a large house now. Now that we actually need it, so for some, that might actually work really well. But for for us, uh, yeah. we're 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 okay for now. Uh, we you know, as much as we want more people in there. You know, we're kind of hoping the existing people will just start showing more interest now that the, the expansion is coming. So, I mean, it's it's already pretty lively there as it is, but you know, we definitely want a lot of our um, our existing people to come back and, and have fun in there. Cool. But uh, and that's probably enough from me. I think I've talked enough. Um, <laughs> we can we can discuss the last subject later if if we so feel. Okay. Well, I think I might have a way to barge that in here because um so i guess i'm up uh, most of my time obviously has been getting ready for phoenix comic-con um which is next weekend actually starts next to th- starts thursday may 25th which is also the anniversary of star wars so you know the real star wars day yes yes i know 
Anyways, um, when I've not been working and getting ready for Comic-Con, I pretty much have been wishing that I was gaming either on a computer or with friends around a table or the friends over World 20. Um, I actually have been doing some D&D, not as much as I would like, as always, um, with a really great group from the Tadpole. Uh, we get together Wednesday or Thursday night, depending on the week. We're called Thursday Thunder, which is a lot of fun. And my hands... Well, no, I on purpose joined a new game. A buddy of mine was trying to find a D&D game for us to do together for a while. And he came to me and he said, hey, you know, I have this group. We're playing World of Darkness, but we're going to switch to D&D. Do you, want, do, you, do you want me to see if you can get in? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I'm like, knowing that we have a history together of not gaming. So I'm like, yeah, nothing's going to happen to this. I'm like, yeah, there's a warlock I've been wanting to play. So, yeah, you just, just ask the DM. Sitting there at the gym on Wednesday, and I get this is like Wednesday afternoon, like noontime. Get a phone pop up. Hey, Andrew, this is Heather. Heather, this is Andrew. Andrew said you can play. I'm like, oh, okay, sure, sure. All right. So, started working out stuff, and then looks like a really great group of people, you know, really knowledgeable in playing game, playing for years, good personalities. They, cl- you know, they match well. Matt and I are both the new kids on the block, so to speak. So it wasn't like completely going into a new gaming group. And then today, someone mentioned the name of the group was G&G. I'm like, oh, cool. What does that stand for? Geeks and Geeklets. That's our podcast. Yeah, we stream and it's a podcast. So I'm like, wait, so did I just accident or on purpose join a game and accidentally not know it's a podcast? Whoops. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So not only is she doing one podcast, she's now doing two podcasts. Wow. That's, that's right, pretty impressive but... that you accidentally back into a podcast. Like, go, oh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Hi, hi, how are you doing? Yeah. So like today I'm like, talking to one of the organizers, you know, one of the, the, the lady who runs, who's half of the uh, couple that runs the game. Like, should I use my podcast mic or should I use my regular headset? So, Yeah. Yeah, I'm the only person I know that can um, join a game and it'd be a podcast. Uh, so really excited about that. And for my folks who were in the Move Minor Standard game, the warlock I'm playing is the offspring of a certain changeling and a certain warlock. And so I'm actually playing my character's daughter and my buddy's character's daughter Uh, Because there was always this joke going on that there were a thing, and then we made it. And then a few years ago, for Nertacular, I rolled her. I rolled her up and just started, you know, seeing how long it took for everyone to realize who she was, and they didn't, and it was hilarious. So I'm actually kind of breathing life to a character that already existed because I've written so many character histories in my life of characters that never get played. I'm like, I'm just gonna start reusing old characters. So. So that's what's going on in my gaming news. Oh, and one more thing might be coming up, Tet. If you look on Facebook, you'll see an invitation to a group called City of Mist. Mills found a new game and he's obsessed. And he's going to do like a one or two shot thing of it. And he's trying to talk me into GMing it. Oh, cool. Very cool. My Yeah, there was an email last night that he just emailed me. like, And it just said, I'm so... I got a message. Check your email. I checked my email and... The, the email says, I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? Yeah, no, it was all the gaming material. So <laughs> <laughs> Nice. 
Yeah, in your, your copious amounts of free time, right? Speaking of my copious amounts of free time. Um, so, you know, it's con season, which means for us, there's two cons we do. There's Phoenix Comic Con and there's Nerdtacular, um, which we still need to figure out if we're going to be pulling off a podcast or not. We should. Um, but speaking of Nerdtacular, a few weeks ago, the beautiful and amazing Amy Frost, who's Denoria of AIE, um, had this crazy idea to do Disney 20s uh, cosplay for the meet and greet in Nerdtacular. Like that sounds fun. So immediately she joined the two most cosplay people she knew, which is well Muse geekily awesome wife Jen and myself. So we kind of we quickly before we even brought out to anybody else, we, we figured out our characters. Uh Amy is Belle, Jen is Leia, and I am Snow White. Okay, Jen is Leia because you know Star Wars counts for Disney now and because we quickly grabbed the, the three pale brunettes that we could get a hold of, because uh, that's pretty much all three of us. Um, and then we we went out to the you know the tadpole and started a group, people to join us. So there's actually like I think eight of us at least, which is pretty fun. Uh, so and here's the thing though, the 1920s isn't really styled for a certain figure type that I have, which is shapelier and kind of soft in the middle. So, in my copious free time, I managed to go back with the gym. And drag me with her. And well, you went once. So, in theory, <laughs> dragging, dragging him with me. That's because I haven't gone because I've been doing dinner while you're at the gym. <laughs> okay. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, in my such free time, I'm going back to the gym, trying to be healthy because cosplay working out is a thing. And speaking of cosplay and Nertacular, if you want to join us, drop me a line. I'll hook you up to the group. It's going to be a really good time. And we're trying to figure out how to do a slow motion um, musical number. Kidding, not kidding. <laughs> that you should know. be awesome. Yeah. And I've, I've been watching this from the sidelines. Of course, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm seeing Jen's side of things and. It's like, oh, it's like the, the scramble for the outfit and the, oh, crap, we have to work out. We don't have to work out, but we <laughs> encourage them to actually. Yeah. They, they, start, they, they started it. They started it, and then I joined them in the working out. Pretty sure Amy and Jen started the working out. Yeah, plotting and whatnot. Well, yeah. e- either way, you know, it's, it's good to get moving, right? It is, and it's also really fun to have workout buddies even if they're just internet workout buddies right now well, well clearly you need to cosplay you, sorry? you clearly need to get like a, a treadmill and you can just walk while you're dnding you know yeah. yes yeah just just you know you, you can get the the feeling of actually having to walk on your journey walk everywhere right yeah. no i'm a warlock i have ways to teleport <laughs> what are you holding up what are you holding up so in my running, there's a oh, yes. yeah, there's a zombie game. It's called I'm trying to get it up there. There you go, Zombies Run. And um, as you run through the areas, literally run while the the missions are playing, you pick up items and then you can take those back in the game app itself and turn those in to build up your base. So the better you do at running, 
with picking up stuff, keeping your pace up and stuff like that. The more stuff you get to build out your base in the app and stuff like that. And they send you, it's cool. Cause it's kind of like star Wars. You know how when you complete a mission, like an hour later, you get this in-game mail that is a follow-up from one of the characters on the mission. Mm-hmm. The, is that as well. So whatever mission you've completed and there's six chapters and, a ton of missions in each chapter, you'll get an actual email from one of the characters following up, um, following up what you, you know, you just did the mission you just did. And so it's really cool because it's, it's most of it is dialogue that, you know, you listen to like over the communications and stuff that's happening. Um, But it's, it's a great character interaction and, you know, in, in between, then you're listening to your music or whatever else you want to listen to. And the mission will just kind of cut in happen and then drop back out. But um, the, the fun part of it is there's ones where it'll say, you just hear this alarm go off beep, beep, beep in your ears. And they'll say zombies spotted. And you have to pick up your pace. If you're walking, you have to walk faster. If you're walk, you know, if you can run, run. And the faster you do, the more likely you are to actually evade the zombies. But if the zombies get too close, you end up dropping one of your items to distract them and then keep running. But it's fun. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I have in geeky stuff and cosplay stuff and workout stuff. And Ted, do you have any shout outs? We do. Uh, we have from Nitrek. Oh, a shout out to New Braid. This is in WoW. And the teams that got heroic down down these past few weeks. Yeah, there were a lot of teams that uh, it was kind of like a domino. We saw the first one go down and then second one. I know um, Civ's team got the, the guild third on that. And then a couple team, a couple other teams have been getting it lately. So it's nice to see the, the teams gear up and, and progress on that. Um, Suli says Deja Noobs progressed with heroic Croesus this week and they're generally righteous dudes. Arv says special shout out to Benori and Reisavon in Star Wars for helping him out with his ops team. And Dent from Star Wars says he'd like to give a shout out to Soldiers of Light. They ran Dread Fortress last week with the help of Sema and Primal. All right. And I think with that, Macala, I think you, unless there was anything else you wanted to bring up, I think we're pretty much covered everything. No, the well, only other thing I can think of was um, you were talking about D&D podcasting. I actually yes. stumbled across one, a really interesting one called Hyper RPG. Really? Um, I, I don't know how I stumbled across it, but um, a, a couple Fridays and I, uh, uh, ago, I was uh, for some reason Twitch and came across them and uh, they were podcasting a Star Wars um, session. So that mm-hmm. was pretty interesting to watch. Um, there was uh, some some OCs going up at the uh, the Battle of Endor, and uh, mm-hmm. actually successfully going after Han Solo. So that was pretty interesting. That's gonna yeah. change history. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, oh wow, that totally changes everything. It does. It, so I was gonna say it. It was very interesting because they actually even went like once their stuff was over, they actually discussed like, well, how did we just change things? Well, I guess you know Kylo is actually just you know actually a well-adjusted Ben Solo sitting over in the corner, and so it was kind of right, interesting right. that going through the alternate universe they just created. But yeah, well, yeah, that'd be a fun way to like go through the um, EU too. Mm-hmm. 
I take those EU storylines and rework them um, because, you know, it's no longer canon, so anything can happen. Oh, yeah. Do whatever you want with it. And by the way, I like to make my geeky nerd, my uh, geeky gaming joke is you stumbled on it by missing your dex check. Oh, yes, I did. Well, well played. <laughs> All right. So bad gaming puns aside and changing history, that's our show for tonight. Well, the chat room, which is Sybil. I love you, Sybil. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Uh, so, suggest show titles. We would like to thank, well, ourselves for joining us. Yes. Um, anything we want to plug, guys? No. I, Our guests plug whatever they're working on. Yeah, no. Um, I was on the most recent episode along with Roe of Azeroth Roundtable with Ben and John. So that just came out. Um, so join us where, uh, you know, I tried to tank the podcast a few times. Drew, and, and then John just hides in the corner. Got it. Yep. No, uh, they actually, uh, I drew a yellow card. They they flagged me for trying to tank the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Mew, anything for you? Um, I do this podcast called AIE Podcast. Uh, you might have heard of it. Um, but no, um, um, I've done a couple of altitis. I guess there's already one in the hopper, um, but I'll be Ooh. working on another one shortly. So uh, that'll pop up to the usual spots. Um, but yeah, that's probably about it for me. Yeah, I have the one from the end of April that the because the show came out and then you put it out, so we'll put that mm-hmm. at the end. Cool. Great. All right. Well, anything for you, McCullough? Um, well, I am also, oddly enough, I am co-host the AIE podcast. Evidently, I'm that. joining another podcast, and I'll get you guys information <laughs> as that comes around. <laughs> um Let's see what else where else can you find me cyberwave on twitter occasionally um babbling about geeky stuff and political stuff and asking where kenny is hashtag where's kenny i need my coffee and hashtag blame drea and that's so that's about where you can find me all right well, if you have a question or comment about our show, you can email us at podcast at AIE-guild.org. You can also follow us on Twitter. The show is at AIE Podcast. Mew is at The Mew Cow. McCullough is at Cyberwave. And I am at Ivory Tiger. We record live with video every other Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. You can join the chat room and play along with us on our website, AIE-guild.org, slash podcast-live-stream. And our Discord server for chat is at bit.ly slash AIE Podcast Discord. Our theme was composed by the amazing Andrew Allen. Follow him at Keys with Soul or visit his website, keyswithsoul.com. And now it's time to play all the great AIE member segments we received this week, including some guy named Yukau uh, doing Altitis. Um, and uh, Overly Dramatic News with Hunts the Wind. Hey, I know that guy. And next time, we'll be talking to, well, guys, someone about something in AIE. So until then, AIE. This is Tetsemi. This is Mucow. And this has been the AIE Podcast. Greetings gamers, this is Mucow, 
your guide in treating a common gamer condition called Alditis. Having trouble finding those legendaries? Let's game the system. As of patch 7.2 in Legion, the anti-bad luck code for getting legendaries has been tweaked a bit. The chance of getting that shiny orange texted treasure is now calculated on a per spec basis. If your main spec seems tapped out on legendary luck, try setting your loot specialization to an off spec. Of course, this works best if you already have the gear you want for your main spec, and off spec gear is compatible with your main spec. Then again, maybe getting a shiny new legendary for your off spec might just lead you down a new main spec path of fun and excitement. If you have questions, tips, or want to discuss a topic further, find us on Twitter at altitis.net, and show notes can be found on our website, altitis.net. On behalf of the Alt Army, we hope you find this information useful in the treatment of your altitis. Healthcare law change is a prescription for popular dissent. It's the Overly Dramatic News. I'm Hunts the Wind. One of the side effects of the shield that protected Suramar City for 10,000 years has been the dependence of its people on regular infusions of mana in order to avoid becoming the zombie-like withered. For millennia, the social contract in the city has been that the government would provide all citizens with this magical essence. But in a stunning move today, the Council of Representatives passed the Arkwine Hoarding and Collection Act, which reclassifies mana dependency as a pre-existing condition and allows wine producers to charge as much as the market will bear. Unsurprisingly, prices tripled almost immediately. When the impact of this act on all but the rich and noble of Suramar was pointed out to councillors, most were for some reason unconcerned. A few mumbled, soul engine, and one claimed the poor could eat Triliax's cake to stave off withering. First Arcanist Valrissa reports a huge upsurge in recruits to her resistance movement, while in the midnight court a lavish party is underway celebrating the act's passage. One drunken baron summed up the mood there when he was heard to exclaim, I've got wine. Screw you. Broadcasting across all Azeroth, I'm Hunts the Wind. Check out the archives at OverlyDramaticNews.com or follow me on Twitter at Hunts the Wind. Part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.